Good evening and welcome again to an awesome Power Pack Financial Friday. I'm Anthony Williams and for Pastor Sean Davis. Like, share, let people know that we're on. This is a wonderful Financial Friday and Power Pack information and you're sure to be blessed. I'm here tonight with Pastor Alonzo Hinton. Welcome, sir. What's going on? How you doing, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Glad to have you for another awesome Friday. Yes, I'm excited about this topic. We're going to continue on our topic of the last Financial Friday, which we held a couple of weeks ago. We're going to continue to talk about credit. We're going to wrap up some things that we talked about the previous week. And then we're going to move into our next topic, which is teaching your children about credit. I think that's very important that they get exposed to credit mm. as soon as possible. As soon as they start thinking about money, as soon as they ask you to buy them something, you need to start teaching them about the value of what they want and how it has to be paid for and the responsibilities that you have to take the mindset you take on when you decide to buy something. Proverbs 22 and six says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then the previous financial Friday, we talked about that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge or lack of information. So this is what we want to do today for the people of God bring information to them to bless our lives. The, my company, MIS Financial Literacy, it's their goal to help your financial, to help improve your financial health. So that's what we want to do today in conjunction with MDM Ministries as they partner with us to help improve financial lives of our, of our people. So the first thing we're going to go back to is what's a good credit rating? Because we talked about credit the last time, but it doesn't necessarily explain what a good credit rating is. So the characteristics of a good credit report is a credit account with low balances, regular payments made on or before the due date, and a clean legal record. A healthy credit report has little or no black marks like late payments or credit defaults. A good credit score, people don't know what a good credit score is. A good credit score can be anything higher than 670. So as we know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, a good credit rating will give you access to higher credit limits, which is always good, but also lower interest rates because you show responsibility and people want to take advantage of people who show responsibility. So how do I get a good credit rating? You know, if I want to improve my credit rating or I have no credit and I want to establish some credit, once again, you have to establish healthy accounts, make punch punctual payments, make sure you pay your bills on time. I got a testimony from somebody who looked at Financial Fridays and they talked about the fact that how important it was that they paid their bills on time. Their daughter, who was away at college, they actually received a discount on the next lease because all of their payments were paid on time. So people always want to reward you when you pay on time. Stay free of debt. Avoiding debt will demonstrate your ability to repay your balance and could show you as low risk. And then demonstrating job stability. People look at your job history when they look at your credit because staying at the same job uh, for a few years rather than frequently hopping between jobs can make it appear that you're low risk. And then you want to uh, make stay in the same place. Once again, making rent or mortgage payments at the same place. We go back to that stability thing that we talked about and then make infrequent credit card applications. Each credit application credit card application you make shows up on your credit report, regardless of not whether it's approved. So what's a bad credit rating? That's just as important to understand what makes up a bad credit rating. 
It's usually scarred by things like bankruptcy, payment defaults, less extreme black marks include late payments. Once again, that late payment is a mark against you that could cause you to have bad credit, high credit balances. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about keeping your credit balance below that 30% of your limit. So just multiply 30%, whatever your credit limit is, and you want to try to stay below that and frequent applications for credit like applying for three cards in one month that's a black mark against your credit rating mm -hmm. for a bad credit score what can be a bad credit score anything less than 579 okay so we need to understand that a good credit rating anything over 680 a bad credit rating anything less than 579 so what causes a bad credit rating we need to understand those things like I said a whole bunch of credit inquiries every time you apply for a credit the lender makes an inquiry on your credit report and it's called a hard inquiry we're going to get to what that is in a few seconds leaving a trail of frequent credit inquiries can cause future lenders to see you as desperate and then later skip payments we want to stay away from those any credit defaults this happens when the lender takes action to retrieve a debt that you stop making payments on and then court judgment and then bankruptcy bankruptcy will stay on your credit up to 10 years we have to understand that bankruptcy is a legal option so it's nothing wrong with bankruptcy if you've done your homework and you decide that's the trail that's the step you want to take but you do have to realize that bankruptcy stays on your credit for 10 years and you're going to have to rebuild your credit it's going to be difficult for you to get credit in that time period and you're going to have to take some time to build up your credit once again i looked it up before we came got on there are quite a few famous people who've apply for bankruptcy donald trump our current president uh henry ford who we know is the founder of the ford car quite a few people mc hammer filed bankruptcy and he's doing great now in, in investments in uh silicon valley so these people who have made the decision to apply to apply for bankruptcy and then they rebuilt their credit so if you decide to do that make sure you do have the mindset okay i made this mistake I did whatever I had to do to rectify the past. Now I have to build from here. Remember the word of God says to despise not the day of small beginnings. So what's the difference between a hard credit pool and a soft credit pool? A hard credit pool, a creditor conducts a pool on your history when you apply for financing a credit. This type of inquiry lowers your score, typically about five points. So that's a hard credit pool. A soft credit pool typically associated with a pre-approval it doesn't drop your credit score so we need to understand the differences of those things we need to understand that multiple credit inquiries can hurt your score so we want to make sure we manage those things properly all right so last week somebody asked us a question about a debt to income ratio so we wanted to talk about that to make sure that people had more uh, understanding regarding the debt to income ratio when someone is looking at your credit history they also looked at your debt to income ratio to see if you can afford what you're asking for specifically if you're looking for a large purchase like a home or something like that a debt to income ratio is the amount of debt repayments you make each month divided by your income lenders use your DTI or debt to income ratio as one way to make sure you're in a position to afford the repayment on the new loan so they want to make sure that you can actually afford to pay what you're asking for the lower the better naturally more specifically 
a DTI, a debt to income ratio of 35% or below is considered good. And you may not qualify for a loan with the DTI above 43%. So you want to, before you even go, you want to make sure, apply for a loan, you want to make sure that you understand what your debt to income ratio is to see if you need to do, do some work on that. Once again, it's the amount of debt repayments you have divided by your monthly income. So that's something that you can do at home. So what counts as debt? You will, wouldn't believe it, but a lot of people don't even understand what counts as debt. Debt includes your regular monthly payments as personal loans, student loans, car loans, mortgages, or any other type of loan. Your monthly minimum credit card payments also count as debt, as do unpaid bills sent to collection agencies. So you say, I don't want to pay this bill. It's unpaid. It's still counting on your credit history as, uh, as uh, debt. What does it count as debt? Things like rent. Wow, you paying every month and rent doesn't count as debt. That's amazing. Utility bills, cable bills, Netflix subscription fees aren't included in your DTI. So these are all these things we have. They aren't included, even though it's coming out of your pocket every month. So you want to make sure you manage these things properly. Car insurance, health insurance, and other type of insurance, insurance premium also don't count as debt. Uh, what counts as income when they're looking at your DTI? That's your gross monthly income, so your income before taxes. Income includes your salary, but it's not just limited to what you bring in every month. Tips, bonuses, pension, pensions, I'm sorry, retirement account distribution, social security benefits, alimony, child support, all count as income. So when you go into a lender and you they, they want to know what your income is, include all of those things. Anything that you come in that you that comes into you regularly that you don't have to repay, you can consider it as income. So what doesn't count as income once again? Loans, right? Loans doesn't count as income. So if you get a loan and you go into a banker, you can't count that as income. Why? Because you have to repay it back. It's actually a debt. So we need to remember that. So we talked about once again, how to calculate your debt to income ratio. It's not fancy math. Add up all your monthly payments on existing debt and then add all your monthly income before taxes and deductions divide your total monthly debt repayments by your total monthly income and then you multiply that number by 100 to get your dti ratio okay so that's pretty simple pretty straightforward you before you even apply for a loan you can find out what your dti ratio is so you can know if you have to do any work before you even go see a lender did you have any questions about that, Brother Anthony, or do we have any questions coming in? Uh, let's check the chat and see if we have any questions. So far, there are none yet, but we'll be staying tuned to that. If you've got any questions, uh, go ahead and put them in the chat. Write us there on Facebook, and we'll uh, be happy to answer them. Okay. So now we're going to – so that's kind of wrapped up where we talked about credit. A few things. We had a few questions come in, so I kind of wanted to answer those before we move to our next topic. The next thing we're going to talk about is before giving your credit to your children, there are a few things you need to know because today's topic is talking to your children about credit. It's an important topic. A lot of us probably on this Facebook page, we didn't have a lot of financial training coming up. So that probably cost us in certain areas as we learn by mistake, you know. 
So but we want to take the opportunity to make sure we're training our children, our grandchildren properly so they won't make the same mistakes we made. And once again, we read the scripture, train up a child and where he should go when he's old, he shall not depart. So before you give your child credit, before you talk to them about credit, there's some things they have to do first. They have to learn how to budget. You'll be surprised. It's a lot of adults who don't budget. So we know they aren't teaching their kids how to budget, right? Before children or anyone else for that matter can use a credit card responsibly, it's important to learn how to keep track of cash and manage your budget. Because before you apply for a credit card, you need to understand it's pretty, pretty simple. If you can afford a monthly credit card payment, a lot of people see a credit card and they think of all the things they can buy. But what you really need to think about is because it affects your credit history, is this a good time for me to get a credit card? Can I afford to pay a credit card back every month? So we can start a budget showing kids how to manage a budget by starting with cash allowances. Given an allowance to teach children how to plan for things, you will buy them anyway, such as clothing. If they want to buy something, okay, what you got for your allowance? You might say, you might do something, give them incentive. Okay, you want to buy this? I'll go half on it with you once you save it up. So it's different things like that you can do to talk to a child where they can learn to budget and save money. Starting with small things, get them on the way to financial literacy. If they have not had any practice, they won't know how to pay bills or evaluate bills. I know a lot of children are angry because they, the parents demand that they do budgets or they say, you need to make sure you pay this. And the reality is you need practice on paying a bill. It's, it's crazy to go out in the world and rent an apartment and buy a car and you've never paid a bill in your life. You get practice at home. People don't realize that college, being at home with your parents, those things are your training grounds. So when you get out in the world, you make all your mistakes at home. Communicate with your parents so you can say, I know I've told all three of my kids, I don't know if they remember it, when they get credit cards, talk to me if you get that credit, talk to me about if you have any issues managing your credit card so we can help you out because you're, so we can help you out and pay it. You know, we rather come from our bottom line and help you out than have you had struggle with a bad credit history because that's, it's not impossible, but it's very challenging. And you have the ability, if you have parents who talk to you about financial literacy, to get help. You know, deal with the fussing and keep your credit well. That's what I talk to my kids. Do take that 10-minute fussing, take that 10-minute lecture and keep your credit history well. That's that's how we need to look at the trade-off. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, foolishness or immaturity is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So what you talking about, Elder Hen? You talking about beating your kids if they have cre bad credit? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Let's not be ridiculous. We're talking about that we need to understand that it has to be accountability. And if you need to be responsible for your actions, and if you make a choice to get a credit card, you have to be responsible to pay it. And you need to, you need to understand what you need to do to make sure you're responsible. The next thing you need to do is open a bank account. Once children show they're able to track cash, it's time to visit the bank, open them account. Tracking expenditures in an account is a skill. Wow. Track, I'm going to read that again. Tracking expenditures in an account is a skill that needs to be learned. When I first got my banking account, when I was 18, you go to the bank and they give you those ledgers. They still give them to you. I don't think we use them. And what you would do, you would write your balance. 
start balancing the account and then as you spent money you would take it and subtract it i don't know if people do that anymore but that's a good way to keep a track of what you're spending this is not easy as many adults don't even keep a daily tab of their balances it's important to discuss the use of both a checking and savings account when you open an account so children learn to put money into savings plans for larger expenditures down the road so once again if your kid if your child wants to buy something that's kind of expensive make the suggestion hey if you want to buy this it's kind of expensive so if you save up this amount 50 percent of it i put in the other 50 percent, and that'll teach them how to save and grow and have an expectation I, i'm not going to mention the, who i bank with because i don't want to give them free advertising but a lot of banks talk to your local banker will allow parents to i think as low as the age of 12 13 something like that to be on an account with a child and that way you can be on an account with your child and track what they're spending i wouldn't put it i would open a separate account where i got my direct deposit into because you don't want them to you know have access to that but you can put their allowance in that other account while you on the account and kind of track it and every month go over what they spend and say why you why did you spend that so that's a good way to track those things and then before you go to a credit card start with the debit card don't move them straight to a credit card start them with a debit card before graduating to a credit card try a debit card mistakes are inevitable when learning how to handle money and budgets because all of us know we've made mistakes nobody's perfect you're going to make mistakes you're going to make a purchase that you know you shouldn't have bought but you just really wanted this item which is why many parents prefer to start with lower stakes options for children who are all already ha already handle a budget through their bank account the debit card can act as an extension making payments easier so make sure we start with the debit cards and then be prepared to cover the risk children should learn how to compare credit cards if your child talks to you about a credit card you need to go online different banks look at interest rates understand the risk of borrowing too much and not being able to pay it back if you look up online you'll find out that most american household carries a credit card balance of nearly sixteen thousand dollars that's a lot of money so it's not just children who can be who can learn to use credit card responsibly it's also adults adults and then we need to understand that kids who are starting colleges are inundated with offers many dangling you know points different things like that or something simple get their attention a bottle a t-shirt and then bang next you know they signed up for a credit card so parents who want their child to start using credit card might consider adding them as an authorized user on their existing credit card now people out there getting nervous now right i don't want them on my credit card that's that's going to affect my credit score but once again sometimes you have to be willing to assume assume that risk and then have those tough conversations hey why'd you pay that why why'd you make that a uh, payment why'd you buy this thing uh so you can talk about different things with your uh your children credit card companies aren't required to notify co-signers if the primary user exceeds the limits or make late payments so we need to understand this can affect your credit score so once again you should always be monitoring the payments on a credit card so what was purchased on a credit card and then if you decide your car to, to put your child on your credit card you have to set limits on credit card use right we talked about those limits earlier and that accountability discuss with your child what a credit card should be used for 
ideally credit cards should be used for things that you would purchase anyway and have already budgeted and saved for let me repeat that i know that's a tough one right there credit cards should be used for things you would purchase anyway and have already budgeted and saved for credit cards make it easy to buy items you really can't afford so that's what we normally do buy items that we can't afford on our credit cards so building a foundation of financial responsibility is key to preventing snowballing debt a good way to put it is to frame using credit card as using someone else's money to pay for something now that you'll pay back later however you need to understand that people don't loan you money without a cost so you need to explain to your child if you're using a credit card you're gonna have to pay that back plus some extra so you need to really understand or take some time to think do i really want to make this purchase on your credit card if you decide your child should only use a credit card for emergencies make a defined list of what these emergencies are so car tires or bike repair qualify shoes going on sale or just going out hanging out with your friends to pay for stuff that doesn't qualify as an emergency so once again we're talking about setting limits on credit cards use so once again we're talking about children they are children and as hard as credit cards are for adults to use they're much harder for a child to use right because the thing about a child and really a lot of adults also is impulse control so we want to make sure that we put these limits frequent check-ins talking to your kids about budgeting and usage can help children build better money habits now and in the future and like i said earlier for for children out there take that fussing if your parents offering to pay your bill take that lecture because it's better to deal with that 30 minute lecture than to have a bad credit history because the reality is we all need somebody who we're accountable to when it comes to finances well L brother hinton who you accountable to for your finances to be to be perfectly honest and i talk about this all the time my wife and i we see each other as hinton incorporated so i'm the i'm the chief chief executive officer but she's the chief financial officer so she has the right to come to me and say what are you spending this on what's this i need a budget what bills are you paying what's going on so it has to be somebody that's accountable that we hold ourselves accountable to that we trust that we allow to speak into our lives regarding finances so how to explain credit to your kids a lot of people don't even understand how to explain credit to your kids well get out the calculator that's the first step when it comes to credit cards borrowing and interest are two key terms used with to use with your kids explain that credit cards allow people to borrow money during a certain time period for free and then a high price is added when that time is up because we know when you purchase an item on credit we talked about this a few weeks ago you have 30 days to pay that item in full before you charge interest after those 30 days from purchasing that item whatever that apr is that's what you'll be charged for that item so take a flat amount like a hundred dollars and show them on a calculator just how that number goes when charged interest be sure to distinguish between the minimum payment and the statement amount so they never fall prey fall prey to paying off less credit debt than they are able so we want to make sure we go over those things the next thing is use the report card analogy it's pretty straightforward tell your children that credit means more than just credit cards it also refers to the amount of money you are qualified to borrow we talked about that 
a couple of weeks ago when we started our initial discussion on credit. Credit, all credit is, is what you qualify to borrow. So because kids are used to receiving grades and report cards, we need to draw a parallel between grades at school and the grades different financial institutions give people who borrow money for from them. So be certain to insist that like grades at school, poor performance will limit their options in life. A poor performance on their credit history will limit their options in life, whereas a good performance can give them great opportunities, right? So in certain instances, we know that, you know, things happen and then we have to declare bankruptcy. But once again, you have the opportunity to recover from that by reestablishing your credit history. And then we have to show the good with the bad. While it's tempting to err on the side of caution and discourage your child from using credit cards working in banking, I know a lot of people, they made mistakes within their credit history in the past. So they just refuse to apply for credit in the future. But the reality is we need to learn how to manage credit. If we want access to funds, if we want our funds to grow and different things like that. But we also have to acknowledge that credit cards can also offer many important benefits like building a high credit score and offering extra financial protection. We need to make sure that we're keeping an open dialogue with our kids so they know when it's okay to use credit and when it's not okay to use credit. We talked about that earlier. Once again, I'm emphasize this. When we're talking about children, mistakes happen, but use them as learning experiences to help your, help your child grow into responsible, a responsible, credit-worthy adult. Do we have any questions before we move on to our next topic, Brother Anthony? Let's check right now. We don't have any questions, but use this opportunity to ask questions. You're getting expert advice. We encourage you to like, share this uh, with someone who you know that would benefit from the information that we're talking about tonight. So we talked about good debt and bad debt. So we're going to move on from that. These are five tips to guide our discussion on the pros and cons of debt. Because a lot of us are concerned about debt and we don't want our children to get in debt. But the reality is to improve your credit score, to get access to different funds, whether it's in business or personal life, you have to show the ability to manage debt. And you have to know it's a difference between good debt and bad debt. All right. That's one of the things you have to learn in business that companies look at your ability, not just business, but you know, more in business, people look at your ability to manage other people's money. So if you want to go into business for yourself, you definitely have to show the skill to manage other people's money. So it's good debt and bad debt. Good debt might sound like a <coughs> an oxymoron, but it's not. Good debt, <coughs> excuse me, helps increase a person's net worth and value especially in the eyes of the bank that lend money. Of course, it's important to note that debt can only be good if it's what? Paid back and on time. Once again, we talk about that on time. We talked about this earlier. Examples of good debt can include a home mortgage, a car loan, student loans for college, and borrow money to start a business. So once again, I emphasize that because a lot of people nowadays are giving a bad rap towards student loans. But a student loan, once again, needs to be considered as an investment. And it's an example of good debt because it shows your responsibility to pay back your investment and then borrow money to start a business. Tip number two, 
bad debt is obviously the obviously the opposite of good debt and that it's made by spending money on goods and services that don't necessarily increase your net worth of value i'm gonna say that again bad debt is made by spending money on goods and services that don't necessarily increase your net worth of value so we need to be discerning when we're spending and saying is this thing going to increase my net worth of value or is this just an impulse buy it can be also characterized by someone spending outside his or her means think of big ticket items such as a thousand dollar plus flat screen tv expensive clothing technology gadgets and luxury vacations while these things you know that's nice to have it's nice to go on vacation it's nice to have the latest you know iphone what iphone 12 which you know i ain't gonna say anything about that i'll say something about that but you know it's the same thing as iphone 11 if you're not using that 5g which is really isn't readily available but that's neither here nor there while these things are nice to have they don't necessarily increase your net worth in fact, they do the opposite. They drain your bank account, especially if you don't have the money to pay it back. So bad that drains your debt, your uh, bank account, which is what you don't want to happen. Tip number three, don't use a credit card to purchase items if you can't pay the bill in full and on time. In our last Financial Fridays, we introduced the concept of buying things on credit and how important it is to pay bills on time and avoid high interest. This concept is even more relevant when explaining debt to children because a credit card is the easiest way to get into bad debit, bad debt, and fast. I'm gonna repeat that. A credit card is the easiest way to get into bad debt and fast. I'm gonna make a confession to you. Uh, I uh, I recently looked at how much money I was spending on Uber Eats since i've been home for COVID, i'm not going to tell you the amount but i just say i was highly disappointed in myself it was a large amount of money and i thought to myself you know this is available credit that i could have but once again it's an opportunity to look at a learning experience and say you know what can i do to make this better and what restrictions do i need to place on myself to make sure that this doesn't continue to happen so i might need to restrict myself by saying i can only only order uber eats once a week or something like that so we need to constantly reevaluate what we're spending our money on and see if it's allowing us to increase our net value or decrease our net value tip number four like a kid in the candy store you don't need to eat or buy all the candy it's important for children and adults to understand that just because you have a big line of credit or a large sum of money to spend doesn't mean you need to spend it all at once. Credit card companies tack on huge interest fees. And if you don't pay your bills in a timely manner, chances are you'll end up owing more money and fees than the original cost of the item you purchased. Like that kid in the candy store eating too much, you'll probably be just as sick. So what that means in layman's terms is if you decide to buy an item on credit and you don't pay it off all at once, you're going to, with all the interest added on, you're probably going to pay at least double using credit than you were, would have if you just paid straight out cash 
once you add on all the interest fees over if you just pay minimum on your credit card for 20 years i know we've all seen that thing as a matter of fact i think they have to put it on your credit card statement now that if you pay the minimum amount it'll take 15 years to pay your debt off for 20 years or 25 years so you don't want to and i mentioned this a few weeks ago you don't want to be you don't want to pay 20 percent interest on a whopper right use your credit card to buy a wiper you don't want to pay 20 percent interest on that that doesn't make any sense but once again we have to look at our purchases objectively and see and see if that if it's smart tip number five don't let your children borrow money without putting a payback system in place a lot of times we want to give our kids things we we remember the difficulties of our childhood and we say you know i want to provide more for my child but one of the parents' responsibilities is to provide accountability for a child. So there's nothing wrong with letting your children borrow money since chances are they don't have any of their own, but it's important that kids understand from an early age that nothing in life is free. We need to put a system in place that requires them to pay you back. It reinforces responsibility, and that's one of the most important traits that they can take in the childhood. All right, so those are five tips. And then 11 credit lessons your kids need to learn that no matter what age they are so we can learn these as a, as adults how to build up their credit history they need to learn that they need to learn to establish credit early they need to keep a healthy payment history that means pay your bills on time all the time even if you just got to make have to make minimum payments credit comes with interest and fees so even if you get one of those 0% ABR promotional cards, we need to understand what the APR is going to be after that 0%, 0 uh, promotional opportunity is over, right? Because that's what you're going to be paying. So you're going to look and say, hey, usually they do it a year, 18 months. You need to make sure all that credit is paid off, else they're going to slap all year 12 months or 18 months worth of interest on at one time which is going to jump your credit card debt up it's not their money your credit card that's not money that's the bank's money so if it's bank of america or chase or discover it's their money it's not your money that's why they can sue you if you don't pay it back and then what we talked about already we need to have an understanding of good credit and bad credit and then we need to understand how different credit products work that's very important you have all these different things like travel rewards cards credit cards where you get points if you travel but you need to understand that all those things come with a cost so those special cards like that cash back travel rewards they usually have a higher apr and we need they need to understand don't apply for too much credit at once because it looks bad on your credit history they need to understand how to request a credit report like we talked about a couple of weeks ago they could order a free credit report once a well not once a year since the COVID situation is going on they could request a free credit report once a week now is that what we said brother that's Anthony? correct yeah that's correct yep and then why they should monitor their credit report and score now if you have a credit card as we mentioned they usually post your credit updated credit score once a month so you need to make sure that you're managing that and understanding what your credit score and we talked about the different credit scores five when it gets below 579 it's a poor credit score 680 it's a good credit score 
and then 720 and above is an excellent credit score so we need to understand that and then our children need to understand why credit scores matter credit scores range from 300 to 850 once again good credit score star at 780 excellent at 720 these three magical numbers directly impact credit approval chances interest rate interest rates and much more so do we have any questions that i can move forward with you know i hadn't seen any that uh come in but there's a very important point uh, that you said that i want to re-emphasize as it relates to business you know we may have some entrepreneurs watching out there and may watch the broadcast later on Personal credit is evaluated when you're applying for business credit and business loans. They will not just look at your business uh, credit profile or just your uh, personal profile, but your personal credit history, personal credit score absolutely is taken into account when you're applying for business funding, business loans, when you're launching a new business venture and you're looking for that line of business credit. So uh, you know, just want to reemphasize that point there that you had uh, mentioned a few moments ago. Definitely. And we need to understand that. And we need to, I'm going to kind of switch a little bit because okay. I've, I hear a lot of things, you know, you on Facebook, different things like that. And we need to understand that one of the reasons that Christ died for us is to give us back control of our destiny, right? So we need to understand that uh, the word of God talks about Christ came that we have life and that more abundantly. So it is absolutely within your control to change your financial destiny or improve your financial destiny. You don't have to have a wealthy mom or a wealthy dad or a wealthy uncle. You don't have to depend on anybody else that can all, it would be easier, but who said life is supposed to be easier, easy. And life is really easy for nobody, no matter what type of money they have. Cause we all have to deal with whatever certain things that we face in life and having money doesn't make life necessarily easy. But if you have the ability to control your financial future by managing your credit, managing your finances properly. And that's what we're here on Financial Fridays for, to give you the information to show you how to manage your credit, how to manage your financial life. That is totally within your power. Once again, in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says that God has given us the ability to obtain wealth. And the fact that that is totally in your control. God is not somewhere holding money back from you. He's already released it from you. It's already on the inside of you waiting for you to activate it so you need to take responsibility and take control of your finances and make changes even if you made mistakes in the past you have the ability to change i talked about it earlier the fact that i looked up bankruptcy di different people who've declared for bankruptcy so you know it's really no excuse let me look it up real again real quick oh i, I didn't even know this mike tyson larry king we mentioned MC Hammer, Kim Basinger, Burt Reynolds. We mentioned Donald Trump, Tony Braxton, Walt Disney. I didn't even know Walt Disney was on there. Walt Disney declared for bankruptcy. 50 Cent. I didn't know 50 Cent. So all these, Abraham Lincoln, who was the president. Wow, that's amazing. Nicholas Cage. Uh, all these different people. Mark Twain, Stephen Baldwin, one of the Baldwin brothers. P.T. Barnum, we know him from the circus. And I'm sure it's pretty many more people who have 
declare for bankruptcy that we don't know about. But we need to we, we need to realize that we can recover from any negativity in life if we just the word of God says what? If we confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive us, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's just a principle which says if we admit what we done wrong, we have the ability through God to overcome what we done wrong. But we have to learn to face that responsibility and say, hey, I messed up. It wasn't my mommy, mama fault I messed up. It wasn't my daddy fault I messed up. It wasn't society fault that I messed up. It's totally on me, and it's totally on me to change the decisions I've made and go forward in life. That's the only way you can change it. As a matter of fact, when I look at this, I'm thinking Walt Disney declared bankruptcy multiple times. I think the person who started Hershey Chocolate, I know he's not on this list. I can't think of his name. He declared bankruptcy multiple times. So a negative financial start is just not, is not necessarily the end of your life. You can recover if you be honest with yourself and make mistakes and understand the options that you have, that there are options for you to recover out there. It's going to take a lot. Of, it's going to take some hard work. It's going to take some discipline, but you can still recover from financial difficulty if you put your mind to it and don't give up. And then, you know, we just need to move forward and forgive ourselves. A lot of times we dwell in negativity because we just dwell in the fact that we made mistakes and we can't believe that we make mistakes. And the reality is everybody makes mistakes, you know, but we just need to move forward. And once again, be honest with ourselves and look at the mistakes. Like I said, I had to real look at, I'm talking about financial Friday. I had to look at how much money I was spending on Uber eats. I'm constantly reevaluating my financial life to make sure to see if it's any improvements that I need to make. And I'm constantly looking at areas that I can do improvement in, not just in finances, but my but other areas in my life. But today we're talking about finances. So none of us has ever arrived, right? None of us has ever made it. We always have to make sure the uh, word of God says, examine yourself to see if you be of the faith. We should be examining our financial life every day, every month to make sure that we're consistent with the values that the word of God talks about in financial uh matters and in financial literacy so that's all i have uh real quick uh, a summary of what happened in the markets this week the dow and s p had strong weekly gains boosted by pfizer's news on monday that the vaccine is developing was more than 90 percent effective in trial so when i woke up on monday morning the dow jones was up like 1600 points it was amazing the end of the day up like 800 points just on that news with Pfizer and the excitement about the election. And it's been up pretty much all week. It rose 4.1% for the week and the S&P closed at 2.1% higher for the week. The tech heavy NASDAQ lost 0.6% this week. As people looked at that, and they kind of rotated out of tech heavy stocks, stocks that we uh, that people are using while they're home. It's probably a little overreaction more than likely sometime in the next few weeks we'll probably see a return to normal but as for now they did go up this week and we need to make sure that we're looking at uh different options and see how we can take advantage of that all right that's it awesome well i just want to encourage the people i know this was a lot of information lots of information lots of 
good information. So I just want to encourage the people to uh, take time out to replay the broadcast and, and really soak in the information that's given here. You know, when you tune into these Financial Fridays, you know, it's not a moment of, of condemnation, but it's information to empower the people of God, to let you know that you can recover all and natural principles on how you can begin to do that. So, you know, we certainly encourage you to go back and, and replay this information for you or share it with someone else, be a blessing, but really taking these principles and applying them to your personal life uh, so that you be accountable and begin to walk out uh, the promises of God because it's first natural, then spiritual. So really using this opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, and the things that we're sharing to continually uh, empower you uh, as citizens of the kingdom. So I want to encourage you um, just continue to listen in, follow these steps. This is good information that you're getting on a weekly basis. Uh, kingdom principles that impacts your natural. Uh, brought to you by Chicago Lane Christian Center and Marshall Davis Ministries. And we're so glad you took the opportunity to tune in with us this evening. Again, I'm Anthony Williams in for Pastor Sean Davis. And just want to encourage you to continually stay connected to Financial Fridays. And then one more thing before we end up, it was a lot of information that we presented today. So if you have any questions, you can reach me at Alonzo Hinton at misifinancialliteracy.org. If you want to reach out to me with any questions we had about the subject tonight or any other questions you may have that regard that is in regards to financial literacy. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, folks. Have a good night.